You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 230 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, one Rule 5 pick made his A's debut and another was returned to their original team. So what happened to the A's roster on Monday and what impact did these moves have? Uh, I also have one final mailbag question to get to so that I will finally answer in the final segment today. So uh, that's what we got coming up for you guys today. So before I get into all that stuff, though, please follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So the rule five pick that made their spring debut with the A's today was Kai Tom. And uh, he was the big storyline for me heading into the action on Monday because the rule five pick had been sidelined to start the season due to an oblique strain. Uh, he needs to make that a case for himself in the next two weeks to make the opening day roster and stick with the A's organization. So, And that started yesterday. And so on Monday, Tom let off the game and he went one for three with a single. So after one game and going one for three, he is definitely making this team. And this is going to be a running joke that I'm going to do depending on how he does each and every day because I assume that he will be in the lineup most days. Um... Just how did he do that day? He's either definitely or definitely not making the team after said day of play. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, But in all seriousness, though, uh, how Tom performs likely impacts the A's immediate plans for Buddy Reed. If he is sent back to Cleveland, who he faced today, uh, then Buddy Reed all of a sudden has an opening. In the on the 40 man roster, and it's not like they're adding him because somebody got hurt. And uh, when they come back from the IL, then he has to pass through waivers or they got to make some other moves. It, it could be his spot if they give it to him. So, uh, it what Kai Tom does in the next two weeks impacts what Buddy Reed does the next couple of weeks, or you know, in the next couple of months, probably. So, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens and what develops with Kai Tom and how that impacts Buddy Reed. And for what it's worth, Buddy Reed survived the first round of cuts in A's camp as they uh, trimmed the number of guys in camp just to create more playing time for guys that are ramping up for the re- for uh, the regular season and opening day. Uh, so among those cuts were outfielders Luis Barrera, highlight-ranked prospect, Sky Bolt, another great guy. We, he made some nice defensive plays. Uh, Greg Dykeman, uh, he's another guy that uh, I know that Melissa Locker loves him a lot. I haven't been able to see him play personally a whole bunch, but uh, I'll trust her judgment on that one. Uh, those guys were all optioned to AAA, so that's a very nice starting outfield if you're the idea uh, that the Las Vegas Aviators. And uh, also among those cuts were James Caprillion and Grant Holmes, a uh, couple of guys that could could potentially be in the starting rotation mix as early as next year. We'll see how that all shakes out. And then you got uh, Miguel Romero, the reliever. He impressed a little bit. He got sent to AAA as well. And then uh, then you got Watson Charles, who was optioned to AA Midland. So those were all the guys that got optioned because they were on the 40-man roster and that had, uh, that ate up one of their options. But there was also some non-roster invitees that were also reassigned in camp. So uh, those include, include uh, Christian Alvarado. He got, I think, one outing. Uh, just a few days ago, he looked good. Uh, and then you got Montana Durapo. Uh, he got 
I think one outing at the beginning of spring. Uh, Paul Blackburn, who was DFA'd earlier, nobody claimed him, so he's still with the team just as a non-roster invite. So he is uh, now reassigned. Perker Dunchy, uh, Brian Howard, very tall, very funny guy from what I've heard this spring. Uh, Brian Schilleter, Trey Supak, and then catcher Kyle McCann, all reassigned. I assume that they'll be uh, in the, the upper minors, if not just AAA. But moving on to guys that are still with the team and some key names that are still on camp are podcast hero Nick Turley. Then you got 2020 first round pick Tyler Soderstrom, the catcher. He's a, he's still in camp. A shortstop of the future, Nick Allen, still in camp. Intriguing relief arm Matt Blackham. He pitched a scoreless inning on Monday. Uh, struck out one. That's just all he does. He's a solid relief arm, so good job, Matt Blackham. And then you got former Yankee top prospect Domingo Acevedo still in camp. These are all guys that I've talked about uh, at you know varying degrees, but uh, guys that I think are going to be in Oakland at some point, uh, potentially this season, maybe not Soderstrom, but uh, Nick Allen, maybe as a September call-up. So, so keep an eye out on those guys because they're going to be uh, potentially important guys for the A's this year or maybe next year for guys like Soderstrom and Nick Allen. Uh, one thing that this first round of cuts does, though, is limit the scope for the search uh, of the search for Mike Fire's rotation spot, the number five spot, because uh, it looks like he's probably not going to be ready. Uh, we just got more confirmation to that on Monday. And uh, yesterday, I included James Caprillion and Grant Holmes in the list of five guys that could end up as the fifth man in the rotation. And on Monday, they effectively limited the options uh, to friend of the pod, Cole Irvin. And then you got the A's top lefty prospect in A.J. Puck and top righty prospect in Dalton Jeffries. Those are the three guys that uh, got a shot at claiming Mike Fire's spot, so it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that one shakes out. Puck, for what it's worth, has not pitched in a game this spring. He's probably going to be pitching on Wednesday, so how does he look in that? Does he stay healthy? That Health is ma mainly my concern. I can deal with him being, you know, not super effective. I just want him to be healthy, and that's where I'm coming from when I'm saying uh, leave, leave him in the bullpen for now, so uh, hopefully that doesn't get misconstrued. I just want him to be okay and have a career and not be pushed super, super hard. Um, but for, again, Puck has not pitched in a game this spring. And after missing the 2018 season, he threw 36 and two-thirds innings in 2019 between the minors and the majors. Those are not even all major league innings. And then he missed the entire 2020 season. So uh, when I say that his arm's not built up, it's because of that. He hasn't thrown a bunch of innings in competition in the last three years. And I want to make sure that he can handle the workload before you're like, hey, go face the Astros or the Dodgers as your first start in 2020. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. You got to start them off against like the Twins or something. <laughs> uh, somebody were uh, a team where you can just carve them up with a lefty. Uh, I don't know if that's the Twins. I just know that they're coming up uh, looking at the schedule. But anyways, because of AJ Puck's limited innings over the last three years, uh, that leads me to believe personally that Cole Irvin and Dalton Jeffries have better shots to make the club, especially as the, the opening day, uh, you know, fifth starter. Uh, both guys are control pitchers, and Irvin is a lefty option, and Jeffries is tossing from the right side. They've had pretty similar statistical spring so far, so I think that it could come down to if they keep uh, throwing similarly that w would they rather throw a righty or a lefty against the Astros and Dodgers or the Astros twice and the Do and not the Dodgers or uh, how is that going to shake out because once they're up the, the option is going to be used up anyway so uh, it's going to be intriguing to see how everything shapes up from here on out but we know that uh, it's basically a three-man race at this point for Mike Fire's spot in the rotation and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who, who claims it because I always love seeing new faces in Oakland because that's how I've been trained because of the front office. So thank you guys. Um, the opening day intrigue just keeps building and I'm 
thoroughly enjoying it. But anyways, uh, coming up on the show, I'm going to be talking about Danny Jimenez heading back to Toronto and the implications that has on the bullpen. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specification and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. We're talking A's baseball every single day. Uh, well, four days a week, four, four days a week this week, five days a week, most weeks. Uh, it's my anniversary this week. So we're taking a day off this week and probably next week because uh, my wife took a whole week off. So I'm taking a couple days off and we're going to go uh, enjoy, you know, the world slightly or stay indoors and watch Marvel movies. One of those two things is definitely going to happen. <laughs> um, all right. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to Locked On Athletics at gmail.com and so let's get right into it the news keeps coming from A's camp and the A's decided to part ways with rule five pick Danny Jimenez on Monday in order to make room for uh, adding Frankie Montas back to the 40-man roster he had been on the COVID IL and now he is back on the 40-man roster with the subtraction of Danny Jimenez uh, Jimenez was added in December as an upside guy before the A's rebuilt their entire bullpen in what felt like one day in February uh, with the additions of Rosenthal, Romo, Petit, and Caleric it made what seemed like an easy path to an opening day uh, roster spot very difficult for both him and Nick Turley, who I'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, the decision likely came down to Jimenez or Turley, and Nick Turley is out of options. Uh, so whoever they decided to go uh, with, you know, in choosing to take them off of the roster, that person might be in, in a different franchise. Well, Danny Jimenez is definitely a different franchise, and uh, Nick Turley potentially being in a different franchise, it basically is probably what it came down to because Nick Turley could potentially stay with the A's. He would just have to pass through waivers, whereas Danny Jimenez has to stay on the roster the entire season or be offered back to the Blue Jays. And they were just like, we're not going to have room for him for the entire season. Let's just offer him back now is how I imagine that went down. So with Jimenez's departure, the bullpen picture is a little bit more clear. You got Trevor Rosenthal as the closer. You got Jake Diekman as a tough situational lefty. J.B. Wendelkin, wherever the hell you want to put him because he can do it all. Then you got Adam Kalerik as a left-on-left specialist. Uh, we'll see if he can improve this spring because he has not been a specialist of any kind. He gave up a grand slam on Monday. Uh, you got Sergio Romo as the guy that throws only sliders. You need one of those in the bullpen, obviously. And then you got Yusmero Petit as uh, Bob. Melvin's go-to guy, and then Lou Trevino. So that's seven guys. 
And assuming that the A's go with an eight-man bullpen, that leaves one spot available. Nick Turley at this point still has a shot at claiming that spot, even though he has allowed runs in every outing, all four of his outings, not every, but you know, all four uh, of his outings this spring so far. As I've said before, though, it's not necessarily how his spring starts because he is working on something. The A's saw something that they want to, uh, you know, change in his delivery. And uh, that's what he's working on right now. And... So it's more about how he's doing in the next, in the last couple of weeks as opposed to the first couple of weeks of spring training. Uh, today, there was a little bit of progress. I'll go over that here in a second, but uh, it, it's basically go time for Nick Turley if he's going to make this roster on opening day and not have to go through waivers and be claimed by whoever. Probably not the Pirates, who would be a team that could use, you know, random pitcher because he came from the Pirates. So they're out of the running. Maybe... Uh, like the Astros are going to be like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff to rub on your hand and go go through with higher spin rates or something now. Uh, his his issue has seemed to be consistency with his curveball and location of his fastball. So I think that it's more mechanical than spin rate or, you know, anything like that. Um, maybe if he had more spin rate, he could get more swings and misses, but whatever. We'll talk about Nick Turley here in a second. I, I get a... Uh, I get excited about hearing Nick Turley's name because he throws 97 and the A's just aren't going to toss him aside. I've said in the past that he could be the mop-up guy as the eighth man in that bullpen because they have a lot of talent in that bullpen. So why not just have him pitch in only blowouts where his usage won't necessarily impact the game and he can get a chance to work on stuff in the big leagues. Uh, I think that that might be the route that they're going uh, depending on if he makes the next round of cuts. If he makes the next round of cuts and he hasn't necessarily improved, either they're seeing something that's not results-oriented, which is fully possible, or that's the plan is... See how he does. Throw him in some games, get get some work, see how he does in the major leagues. Because uh, he's been better than this in the majors. And uh, currently, he's he's not doing great. So uh, if he continues to struggle this spring, though, and is placed on waivers, then the race for the last spot gets really interesting. You got Jordan Weems and Burt Smith would be the favorites as the traditional bullpen options. Uh, both have had success with the A's in 2020. But if the A's want to go in a different direction, maybe they go with either A.J. Puck or Cole Irvin as a third lefty in the bullpen to give them multiple innings. Uh, that would just be a nice way to shore up just getting innings and saving the bullpen early on in the season when the, the starters are not quite stretched out and they're giving you, you know, four or five innings like they were last year. Uh, it, it's an option for sure. You get to the seventh or eighth inning on two starters, essentially. And then there you go. You, you go from there. But of course, that only happens if Dalton Jeffries gets that fourth, fifth starter spot. Uh, they'd be basically uh, a, a tandem for Dalton Jeffries if they wanted to use him that way. Again, there's a lot at work here and things can change really quickly. But for right now, I still think that Turley is the slight favorite after making it past the first round of cuts because he has not performed spectacularly by any means. He has a 27 ERA right now. Um, so I, I think that there's something that they see and we're not seeing it quite yet, but, uh, if it clicks, then he's going to be a dominant force in the bullpen. So, uh, we're, they're going to give him a couple more weeks, see how it goes. Uh, he's going to have to prove himself over those next couple of weeks though, to get that opening day spot. I think, uh, he did pitch on Monday and he went one inning, gave up three hits, two earned runs, a walk and a strikeout. And as I tweeted out, uh, Sherry gave up a couple of runs, but he did not allow a home run, which he had allowed, uh, at least one in each of his first three outings this spring. So that's progress. If you want to look at it that way. And he also had one out with the bases loaded, which obviously not, not necessarily what you want, but he had one out with the bases loaded, got a ground ball, but it found a hole. So he had the ground ball that he needed for the double play. It just wasn't placed in the right spot. So he almost got out of that inning, you know, loading the bases, but not allowing anybody to score. So he, 
he was very close to actually being very impressive. Um, it looked like uh, Dom Catronio, the uh, the A's announcer for Road Games, he said that it looked like he was working on his curveball a lot. He was throwing a bunch. It didn't necessarily make sense sequentially. He, he threw a bunch to lefties, and uh, that's a, it looked like he had a game plan out there that wasn't necessarily get outs. It's work on these pitches, and uh, it, that's probably what we're not seeing. We're seeing the home runs and the loss, you know, the, the walk-off grand slam and all that stuff. We're not seeing the progress that he's making with his pitches, and that's because they're not on TV. So get the A's on some TV or MLB TV. I don't give me some visuals. I want to see Nick Turley pitch so I can have better assessment. Give me not even you don't even need to put him on the TV. Just uh, give me the Statcast numbers. Give me those. Uh, give me the game feed. That's all I want is how hard is he throwing and where are the pitches going? That's all I need. MLB, get on that. Uh, let me get excited about Nick Turley. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, he loaded the bases. He got into a three, two count and it looked like he got a little bit of help on a uh, called strike three to get, uh, the first out of that inning. Uh, according to Dom Catronio, it looked like it could have been low, but he, he got the strike three call and that was that, that first out. And then, uh, he started going fastball, fastball, got Oh, uh, two on the next guy. And then he, uh, he ended up driving home two on a, on a single and Buddy Reed almost threw the, the second run out at home because Buddy Reed always does something and that he almost did something today. He didn't necessarily do anything today, but he almost did something. And that's just as good. Um, also, uh, he the last two outs for Nick Turley were fly out, fly out. One went to the warning track. It sounded like not quite to the wall. Cody Reed made a nice catch. Uh, it sounded like he leaped, but he wasn't like at the wall. So I'm going to say warning track on that one. So obviously the results are not necessarily what you want to see from somebody who has a real shot at being on the opening day roster. But, uh, you know, as somebody that's sitting behind a computer right now, I'm like, I'm intrigued. There's something there that's keeping him with the A's. There's something that brought him to the A's. There's a reason that he's still there. We just got to find it. And I think that he's been working on his pitches. I don't know that he's necessarily trying to get the, obviously he wants to get outs every time he goes out there, but he's not necessarily just throwing fastballs to blow guys away and go and, you know, get out of the inning. He's working on a curveball because it has been inconsistent. The one time that I did get to watch him pitch against the Cubs last week when he uh, gave up that grand slam, um, it, he would throw one really good curveball and then a couple that just wouldn't break and they'd be outside or, uh, you know, high or something like that. So I think that he just, he's working on making that a consistent pitch and becoming a two pitch pitcher. Cause if he can get those two to tunnel really nicely and all of a sudden it's a high fastball or it's going to dart out of the zone, uh, that's going to confuse the hell out of hitters. And that's what the, the upside of Nick Turley right now. And keep giving him, uh, as, as many chances as he can, because I think that he could be special if he can, you know, work on his tunneling and become more consistent that way. That's that actually could be potentially. I need to see if I can find Nick Turley on social media because he's not there. I need I'll, I'll see if Cole Irvin can get me in contact because I want to see if he's working on his tunneling. And that's why his pitches have been inconsistent because he's trying to get them to go on the same plane to the plates. And that could be a brand new thing that he's definitely working on and why he's been ineffective so far. Um, that would explain that. Uh, Cole, if you're listening is, is Nick Turley open to coming on just talking for like three minutes about what he's doing? Because I really need to find out because I think I love Nick Turley. <laughs> All right. But anyways, coming up on the show, I got one last mailbag question. This time it is about the future of Bob Melvin with the Oakland A's. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Baseball starts on April 1st. That is only a couple of weeks away. Get excited. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They had stuff for the Grammys last night, or last night as I'm recording this, two days ago as you're listening to this, or when it drops. <laughs> All right, but they also got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. If you want to place a bet on the uh, on March Madness, go ahead. They've got that. That's what they do. They they provide a forum for you to place bets online. Bet online. Um, they also have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to their website at betonline.ag. You can also do that on your mobile device. And when you do sign up, make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And that is why everybody says that BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you a lot about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of its bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is time for some Built Bar madness, people. Today's matchup, we got peanut butter brownie going against coconut almond, not to be confused with tomorrow's matchup, which is peanut butter against coconut puff. Two different things. Uh, this one is interesting because coconut almond and peanut, peanut butter brownie. That's the one that I got to go with. I got to go peanut butter brownie. Uh, tomorrow, you hear me and Bryce talk about which one's better. Do you like coconut? Do you like all this stuff? Today, I'm saying wholeheartedly peanut butter brownie. I like peanut butter. I like brownies. I like peanut butter brownie. Uh, this is not slander against coconut almond. I love coconut too. Um, I, I just really, really like the peanut butter brownie one. So uh, today's matchup goes to peanut butter brownie, according to me. But if you have different opinions on this or you want to agree and, you know, uh, click, you know, not subscribe to the podcast, but click. Yes, I agree with Jason on this one. All you got to do is go to builtbar.com and you can put in your vote over there. You could also follow them at built underscore bar on Twitter and uh, they're posting stuff over there. They also have links where you can do the voting and all that stuff. So uh, when you do go over to their website to place your votes, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's match and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world. Don't forget, Wednesday is Division Crossover Day across the Locked On MLB Network. Our podcast will be crossing over with Locked On Rangers. That's Bryce Patterick, a friend of the podcast, if you want to call that, co-worker of the podcast. I don't know. Um, we discuss a bunch of things, including our disdain for the Astros. And because we had to talk about you know our disdain, it wound up being two episodes, so that is coming for you guys on Wednesday and Thursday. Part one drops on Wednesday. Uh, maybe I'll drop part two just later on Wednesday, um, and then that's going to be it for me for the week, you guys. So uh, tune in on Wednesday and Thursday for a special crossover edition of Locked On A's and check out another crossover show in our division to start scouting the competition. Uh, there's not much competition. The A's are the best, so it's really easy. Boom, nailed that ad read. Cool, cool, cool. I guess that's more of a plug and a tease more than an ad read, but uh, listen to the podcast, you guys. Um, anyways, back to back to this podcast. Welcome back to the Lockdown A's podcast. Uh, if you guys are enjoying the show and me having non sequiturs going into whatever, follow the uh, follow the podcast at Lockdown A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. Uh, also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast because uh, we have fun like this every day. Sometimes I'm more uh, coherent, but I always have great opinions. 
Uh, I think so. Um, but one opinion that I got to express right now comes from a mailbag question, our final mailbag question from the last time that I asked, and that is from Rody Eater, R-O-T-E-E Eater on Twitter. And they ask, uh, extension for Melvin, should it happen soon? So Melvin's current deal runs through the 2021 season, but according to an ESPN article uh, from, I think, 2018, there is a club option for 2022 as well. So I don't think that there's necessarily a rush to get him re-signed. Um, the A's signed Melvin, Billy Bean, and uh, David Force to extensions in October of 2018. So it was 2018 when I saw that article. And if an extension does come ahead of next season, it could happen closer to the conclusion of the World Series than to the start of the 2021 regular season. So if it, if they are going to extend them past you know 2022 when they have a team option for them, um, I, I think that it would be after the season. See how this one shakes out. See what the state of the franchise is first. Uh, the big question, though, is what is the organization's outlook for the next few years? And does Bob Melvin want to sign on for a few more years? That's that's the question. Is Bob Melvin, does he want to do it? Uh, if the Howard Terminal deal dies this year and ownership is forcing the hand of the front office to trade Olsen Chapman or Laureano or all three, uh, then Bob Melvin may decide on his own that 2022 would be his last year in Oakland if the club does in fact exercise his option, which you kind of have to assume that they're going to because he's been fantastic uh, for the A's over you know a decade. There was some speculation though over the offseason that the Mets could be a landing spot for Bob Melvin because of his ties to Sandy Alderson. And with Jared Porter uh, being fired after his harassment of women in the workplace and that whole uh, thing being reported uh, just a few weeks or I guess a couple months ago at this point, uh, they could still use a permanent GM. And it sure sounded like ace assistant GM Billy Owens was near the top of their list. So maybe there would be a double A's connection, uh, you know, of affiliation with Bob Melvin. Familiarity, that's the one. A familiarity with Bob Melvin from both the GM and the president of baseball ops. And they could go hard after Bob Melvin after 2022. Or maybe they could uh, trick the A's into not using their uh, their team option on him. So that all said, it doesn't sound like an Alderson, Owens, and Melvin Trinity uh, is outside the realm of possibilities. If the Mets lock up Francisco Lindor to an extension and the A's trade away some of their key pieces, then the Mets job would have to sound appealing for a manager still chasing a World Series ring. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm attacking this from a Bob Melvin perspective. The A's should sign him no matter what. But does Bob Melvin want to stay with Oakland? That's how I'm attacking this one. And obviously, from an A's perspective, uh, Bob Melvin gives them their best chance to win. And we've had a lot of great times over his decade-long tenure in Oakland. But if he decides to lead another team, then I'm not going to be mad at him because who doesn't want to coach Francisco Lindor? Uh, that guy seems delightful. And I, I, I like watching him play. He's a lot of fun. Uh, I do ultimately think that the ballpark situation could play a role in in Bob Melvin's long-term thinking though, because here's the scene for you. Bob Melvin grew up in the Bay Area. He has roots here. And if I had a similar background to Bob Melvin, which I do, but I'm not, you know, the manager of the A's. But if I was the manager of the A's and I had a chance to keep managing this team when they open up their new ballpark after a couple of decades of trying to get one built and the Coliseum being around since I was one, I think that it would be pretty special to take this franchise into that new generation and expose just new fans to the next generation of A's baseball. Plus, if the park gets built, there's a chance that the team would spend more money and that could also increase the A's chances of winning a World Series in Oakland. And uh, if he had to choose between winning a World Series and with a new team in New York or in it with his hometown Oakland A's, 
you, you got to think that he'd go Oakland A's. Um, obviously, spending money is not guaranteed. It's a line that we've been fed from ownership for years now. Uh, get the ballpark belt and we'll spend money. Uh, we, we, we haven't seen either of them yet, so who's to say? But let's say all that stuff does shake out and the A's do start spending a little bit more money and then they do break ground on Howard Terminal and all that stuff, and Bob Melvin has a chance to be a part of that, then he could also be a part of the final memories at the Coliseum and the first memories at the Howard Terminal ballpark. And for a Bay Area kid, that could be just as good as winning a World Series. Whether or not they win the World Series, that could be just as good as being a, that big of a part in A's lore, if you will. Um, so that's that's how I kind of see this one going down, is if there's a lot of traction with Howard Terminal, uh, I think that the A's might have a better chance at retaining Bob Melvin uh, for maybe another decade. Because I think that he would that, that would hit a chord with him being a part of that part of A's history. So uh, that, that's it for me today, you guys. Uh, tomorrow I'm talking to Bryce Patrick. Tomorrow and Thursday I'm talking to Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. We're trashing on the Astros. We're talking about his team, and uh, he's very sad. We renamed his podcast, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we talk about uh, the A's in general and, you know, good stuff. So uh, make sure to tune in for those two episodes. And then uh, I'll be doing some new stuff for you guys next week. Uh, I'm going to be doing this locker room app too. So make sure to download the locker room app. I'm going to host a room at some point. If you follow us on social media, I'll make sure to give you guys like a day's notice before I go on. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk some A's baseball. I'll, I'll have, you know, 10 minutes set up and then we can just answer some questions or, you know, banter back and forth. It'll be a lot of fun trying to create a community for you guys. Um, or, you know, for us, for us, not you guys, for us, because I'm also part of the community. Um, yeah. So anyways, that is it for me today, you guys. Until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk with you guys tomorrow.